All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Jake Dunlap Show. We are very excited that you joined us. If you haven't tuned in, this is the show where we talk to celebrities, thought, and industry leaders to really discover their journey to success. I am super excited that you're joining us. This show is like no other. I can promise you that. You might laugh. You might cry. But you will definitely leave inspired and gain a whole new level of insight into those people that you follow, love, and admire. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Jake Dunlap Show. I am very excited. This gentleman, I got to tell you, it's like I wish I had like a 5 to 10 second alarm clock that could wake up with this gentleman just like screaming positivity into your ear because this gentleman today is one of the most genuine, excited, accomplished, enthusiastic people that I've ever had a chance to interact with. Every single time that that he and I talk, I walk away feeling fantastic. I think listeners and everyone who listens to, to his content and definitely checks out his new book will walk away the same way. Everyone, join me in welcoming Mr. Larry Long Jr. Larry, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for having me, Jake. I'm happy to be here. I'm honored and privileged. Just got to make sure that my microphone is is tuned in. Can you hear me now? (laughs) (laughs) You always have the microphones tuned in. That's right. You always have got that the mics tuned in. So I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Larry, for people who don't know you, man, again, like people might follow you on LinkedIn. If you don't, we'll put some notes, you know, we'll put a link in the show notes too. You know, talk a little bit about the early days. You know, in the in the episodes, we always talk about the earlier days and you know, kind of what what made people who they are. You know, you're born in Baltimore, um, you know, bounced around a little bit, you know, kind of stayed in that like what they call that the mid-Atlantic area for at least a little bit. I know you came back to go to college there. And you were like Mr. All Baseball. But, you know, what was childhood like for you? Like, what were some of like, you know, some of the memories you have about, you know, kind of growing up and, you know, whether it's lessons in business or lessons in life that you learned early? Yeah, early memories. So born in Baltimore, uh, both of my parents worked for Department of Veterans Affairs, serving our veterans that served for our freedom. So we moved Grand Island, Nebraska. I was younger. Oh, there we go. The Sand Hills, man. I lived out in Alliance, Nebraska. (laughs) Like back in the day, my brother was born in Alliance, Nebraska. Shout out to the Sand Hills of Nebraska. Wow, twisters. My, my parents have news clippings of seven tornadoes touching down. And they pretty much said everyone's worried for their life. And we're in the basement. We lived in an apartment complex. I'm running around just happy as can be. And everyone's like, who is this happy little kid? We're about to die. <laughs> You had like a transistor radio. You're down there with the radio trying to do that. Yeah, trust me. I remember, uh, I definitely remember those those days and those stories too of some pretty epic ones. Crazy, but moving from Nebraska to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to Danville, Illinois, Coatesville, Pennsylvania, then back to Maryland. But some of the memories I have, my mom used to sing a song, make new friends, but keep the old. One is silver while the other is gold because it was like every two years, I had to leave my old buddies, my old friends and make new friends. And when you're in elementary school, middle school, that can be tough. But it really made me who I am today. I've never met a stranger, Jake. And that came from just the encouragement of my parents to get out, make new friends, meet new people. And I'll never forget, kids can can be cruel. I used to have a gap, uh, kind of Michael Strahan, like in my, in my two front teeth. And I used to get teased. And I would give some teasing back. But uh, my mom, we would say our prayer at night. She used to make me stand up in the middle of the room every night, 
hold my hands over my head and say, I am somebody. And when you do that, as I think I was seven years old, you start to believe that you are somebody. You speak it into an existence. So you got this little nappy-headed seven-year-old walking around with this George Jefferson strut talking about, I am somebody. People are like, who is this little kid? He thinks he is somebody. And that stuck with me my whole life. And I'll be honest, playing, playing sports, I used to be cocky. I was super cocky, just I, I was somebody to the nth degree. <laughs> But what I realized is that confidence is different from cockiness. People don't like to be around cocky. You, you don't want cocky around. You want confidence that uplifts everybody. So those were some of the early lessons that I had. We moved to Coatesville, Pennsylvania, and I had my first taste of entrepreneurship. Lawns by Larry, knocking on doors, asking folks, can I mow your lawn? And we lived in, in townhouses, so it was $10 for the middle units because that was just the front and the back. It was $12 for the end units because that was front, back, and the side to side. That's right. That's right. What do you, what do you think? I want to go back to something you said, because I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with, or at least, uh, and I think it's where kind of imposter syndrome or part of it comes from is how do you, how do you delineate between confidence and cocky? You know, I think to a lot, to some people, you know, to them, it might, they might feel like they're being cocky or they're being confident. Like how did that lesson manifest or, you know, how do you, you know, how do you think about the way that you learned that lesson or, or you saw it manifest in others. As a freshman at University of Maryland, go Terps. I got my Maryland gear on. That's not Missouri State. That. That's not Boomer the Bear, but this is the Americans. <laughs> I did my research. Come on, Jake. But my freshman year, I was in the outfield and I used to love Ricky Henderson. So I'm out there tapping my, tapping my leg, snagging the ball. And one of our veterans, J.R. Thomas, rest in peace, he said, you can't do that in the ACC. That was when Maryland was still in the ACC. He said, you'll get one of us hit. Uh, we'll take a fastball to the dome if we don't want that. He said, hey, you can believe in yourself, but you can't show cockiness. It's kind of like a, a peacock who wants to, to show all their feathers. Nah, be confident and be, you can be confident without being cocky, without spreading it all out there. And, and, and he really shared the lesson with me my freshman year. And I was humbled. I was number three on the depth chart in the fall. I thought I was going to be starting in the spring. I'm not a math major, Jake, but there's three outfield positions yeah. and I was number three. But I started off the season sitting on the bench. I was pulling out, pulling out, uh, <laughs> I was pulling the wood out of my behind. I was a bench warmer. And uh, I'll never forget, I used to get in as a defensive replacement. I would get in that bat here or there. I started off my career one for my first 24. That's .042, which will get you left out. Not even the Mendoza line. That's the Mendoza Mendoza <laughs> Not line. Not even close. For those of you baseball fans out there. Yeah. And I talked to my father. We, we had just played UNC Greensboro. I think I had three strikeouts. He said, how you feeling, little Larry? I said, dad, I feel terrible. I stink. I don't belong in the ACC. I don't belong in Division One. And my dad, who ran track at Maryland, he jumped through that phone. He yanked me up. He had some choice words that I don't think the FCC would appreciate. So I'll let your listeners use their imagination. There were three letter and four letter words that he used. But essentially, he told me, if you don't believe in yourself, you're done for. You might as well give up. And he said, you can't have I'm Larry Long Jr. He said, you can't have my name if you're going to give up with a stank with a stank attitude like that. 
He said, get back to the drawing board and work on your craft. And most importantly, work on your mindset. It's kind of like the quote from Henry Ford, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. And UNC, UNC Chapel Hill came to town. I got a blue pit. I was like Kanye West on top of the world. Can't nobody tell me nothing. And I batted 289 my freshman year, 319 in the ACC. All it took was that boost of confidence from my father, working hard, and then that hit that allowed me to believe in myself that, hey, I do belong here. Four-year starter, man. Never, never would have imagined it, but essentially I was able to imagine it with help from my father. Yeah. All right. Well, that's amazing, man. And I mentioned how you imagine that, like that conversation. And then you graduate and then, you know, you go into the workforce, right? Like anybody else, you graduate, you've got kind of a series of, you know, you go to Accenture, right? Then you kind of, then you start to get back to your entrepreneurial, your baseball academy, et cetera. And then you kind of get into this mix of sales, et cetera. So what was kind of the early career like for you? You know, obviously I'm sure coming out of Maryland, you know, like going to job like Accenture is like fantastic, right? Um, you know, what was like early career like as you were kind of figuring out your, your path? I, I was bright eyed and bushy tailed. I think they call it. I, I honestly didn't think I would be there at Accenture. I thought that uh, minor league baseball was going to be knocking at my door. That June draft came around and, uh, crickets. I didn't hear from anybody. So I went to some tryout camps and they all shared with me. Thank you for coming out. God bless you and good night. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. So I, I had to enter the working world. Accenture, it was an amazing learning experience. It paid well, relatively, but I wasn't passionate about it. So I stayed there for three and a half years and I learned a lot. I learned about the details when my billable rate was 150 an hour. I wasn't seeing that, but that's how much they billed me as a little <laughs> underling, a little analyst. And uh, I thought I was doing something, but I wasn't passionate about it. I, I, I was, I was serving clients such as Verizon, helping them make more profits and uh, increase their, their stock, their, their stock price by eliminating positions. We were sending positions to India. And I said, this can't be God's plan for me. And that's what led me to open my indoor baseball and softball academy, which that's still, oh, there's a soft spot in my heart for my old MVP baseball softball academy. That was, I still have kids that I trained. They were in elementary, middle, high school. They hit me on LinkedIn. Coach Larry, I still don't forget, head down, eye on the ball, hard line drives. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, that's how it is. Again, it goes back to the same lessons that you have. And I think, you know, it's, I've got now a seven-year-old and a four-year-old and, you know, I'm seeing it even myself of just, you know, man, he's like, now I'm like, man, he sees everything. It used to be like, ah, you know, you know, he wouldn't remember this or that. And now it's like, oh man, he's watching 24 seven. Like they're all watching. And so I think it's crazy just, you know, just how much we see and how much we can impact other people. And we are impacting people, like you said, whether you believe you can or you believe you don't, one way or another, you're impacting people. And, you know, I think you're, you're somebody who's a, a voice for, for good and for doing that. And so, so how did you then, you know, get into sales? Or like, you know, what was it about kind of through these different roles? Like, you know, how did you get into sales? What was it about sales that was, you know, you know, particularly inter kind of like the journey from marketing to sales. If I look at kind of the you know, Sage Works and some other places. Yeah, I, I fell into it, to be honest. My first sales was Lawns by Larry knocking on doors. And I was so nervous. My mom said, go out there. What's the worst someone can say to you? 
no. She said, is it really that bad? I was like, yes, I don't like to hear no. But I went out there and I knocked on doors and I had conversations. The next year, she, she dressed my, my sister in her Sunday best. And she said, take your sister with you. Uh, no one can resist a cute little, a cute little baby girl. No one will say no to you then. And it actually worked a little bit, but. Uh, professional sales, I fell into it. I had my baseball academy. It didn't work out. It was unsuccessful. And there was a company that loved athletes. They hired a lot of Duke athletes. I had to hide, I had to hide my Maryland roots to get in there. But we were making 150 cold calls a day to CPA uh, firms and accountants. And uh, they get paid based on time. So for me to call about a piece of software, they were like, no, I, I had an I had an accountant in New Jersey who said, Larry, I got something for you. I want you to put on a pair of concrete shoes and jump off a bridge. I said, whoa, where in the manual? How do I overcome that, that objection? That's not in our manual. So I said, the first thing that came to mind, I said, God bless you too. And then I hung up. <laughs> but but what I learned is that when you ditch the script, I was reading off of a script like a robot. Hello, this is Larry Long Jr. calling with SageWorks and Profit Sense. No one wants to, to hear that. I had a, a manager, I'll never forget James Hatfield, who said, Larry, talk to these prospects like you talk to your homeboys. I said, James, you don't understand how I talk to my homeboys. That might be an HR violation. He said, you're right, you're right. He said, find a happy medium and talk to them like they're people. So when I ditched the script and I just started freestyling, and when I started sharing my story of being a failed small business owner, I was able to make more connections. And what I learned is sales is about serving others. It's about really playing matchmaker of what you have. It could be a thought, an idea, a product, a service with someone else's needs, their wants, their desires, their challenges. And if you can make that match, it all works out in the end. It all works out. And that's been the story of my career. When you put other people in front of you, when you serve their needs, your needs, I would say magically, but it's not even magic. It just, it's just the way it is. When you serve others, you get served in return. Yeah, I love that. And it's, and I, but I think that that's a tough lesson to learn. At least for me, it was too. I mean, it's, you're just so used to, I think in sales so much, you know, there's a lot of leadership. It's like, what's the ask, right? Like, you know, I grew up in a world of like, what's the call to action? You know, if there's no call to action, why are we doing it? You know, if there's no that, and, and it took me a long time. And honestly, until like the last five or six years where I really appreciated, not that I was like overly selfish with my time or, you know, rude about it, just, the power of giving with no ask and actually what that can do for you and what that can do for you in the long term. And I think what happens is a lot of times in sales, people get used to playing the short game. The short game is call to action, call to action, call to action. You know, the mid game is maybe a little bit of that and some add value in the long mid to long is, you know, just adding value. And I think so many people out there, it takes a maybe, especially if you've been a conditioned salesperson, it takes a little bit of a leap of faith, I feel like, to where you've got to say, okay, well, I guess I'll just try this and maybe it will pay off or it should pay off. And I think Larry can tell you, I can tell you that the more you give, the more you put out there, you might not see it today, but wow, it just shows up randomly. Ran that cup of coffee you had that again, the person who calls you and you know now they're successful, whatever, but they remember you from baseball academy, et cetera, like... It just, it's such an important piece for people to understand the value of giving and the value of, you know, 
putting it out there with, with no ask. So true. And Jake, real quick, here goes the story. When I had my baseball academy, we hit tough times financially. I went to Bank of America, tried to withdraw money. They said, Mr. Long, you must have jokes. You can't make a withdrawal because you haven't made enough deposits. They said, unless you're black magic, which I know some card tricks. I'm, I'm the black David Blaine. They said, unless you know black magic, you can't take any money out. So it's kind of like that with relationships. So many times, and I'm guilty of this, I'll make an ask, but I haven't made any deposits. So people are like, unless you're black magic, I can't give you anything because you haven't, you haven't made any deposits. It's relationship deposits. It's showing people through your actions that you care. And when you do that, like you said, it just at the most randomest times, it comes back to you when you're not even expecting it. You're not giving with the intent to receive. You're just giving the give. And it's amazing how it comes full circle. I'm experiencing that now. I just hit my one-year anniversary as a full-time speaker and an author. And it's just amazing how the community has supported and really blessed me beyond belief. And folks have said, Larry, you've given me, whether you knew it or not, you've given me so much. This is the least that I can do to support you. It's, it's been overwhelming in a good way, to be honest with you, Jake. Yeah. And well, let's talk, let's talk about this. So again, so you, you, you've got this career, you're in sales, you're doing, you know, you're doing your thing. At what point do you start to think about, and again, I'll use the term personal brand, you know, and you talk, you talk about this a lot, you know, or, um, you know, maybe it's not, you know, positive mindset, power of mentorship, personal, professional brand building. When does this start to become an avenue for you? Like, at what point are you like, okay, I think that this is an important thing for me to do. It's something that I need to do to either give back or to add value. Do you, what, you know, was there an aha moment? Was it kind of a culmination of things? Like, when did you kind of realize, like, okay, I need to invest in this thing called my personal or professional brand? Yeah, it's it's amazing, Jake, because. When I was at Maryland, my teammates used to joke, oh, he's the mayor of College Park. We, our, our baseball stadium was set up by the student union where students would walk by and people would always be like, yo, what's up, Larry? So it was crazy because I was always building relationships. I was always a part of like the student government, the black student union, sports, uh, national leadership, honor society. I always had my hands in a bunch of things. So I was doing it without even realizing it. Uh, I worked for a company called Pendo. They're a unicorn. I was employee number 40. And I had one of our, our sales leaders say, hey, Larry, I was at a transition point where I was trying to figure out what my next move was. And he said, Larry, I don't know you if you know this or not, but you've built a brand on LinkedIn. My recommendation is that you leverage that for your next step. And that really got me thinking, wow, I've I do have a brand. I'm I'm the energetic, crazy, crazy dude that talks loud. <laughs> so it was really at that point. And I'll tell you, Morgan Ingram, he said, Larry, I see you doing short form content on LinkedIn. You got to do video. I said, nah, Morgan, I got the face for radio. I don't want people to laugh at me. He said, Larry, they're already laughing at you, whether you know it or not. But he was like, I'm going to tell you what my mentor told me. If you don't do it, you're being selfish because you're making it about you and you being scared. He said, if you can impact one person for the positive, 
That's all that matters. And when he said that, I said, hey, I'm not selfish. That was on a Friday. The next Wednesday, I went on video, and that was the start of my midweek, midday motivational minute. Tomorrow will be episode number 114, 114 weeks. (laughs) I love it. Consecutive weeks. Yeah, 114 out of the last 115. I took off Father's Day Ah. of 2020 uh, to spend with my kids. That's understandable. That's We'll give you a pass on that one. Yeah, I, I kind of had a moment like that. I'd posted every day for like two years. And I, there's a, like, you know what? I'm out. I'm not going to do it. And like you finally like you give yourself that one pass. So it's all good. And you should, by the That's way. Right. So, all right. So so you start to do this. Um, what time What time are we thinking like year wise here? You know, is this like, like what? Like is this 2019? 20, like what time are we at right now? This was at the pandemic. It was April. I think it was right around April 14th, April 20th of 2020. And I don't know if you remember, March 13th, Friday the 13th was when when my office shut down. That was when the NBA, Rudy Gobert was over there touching all the microphones, the ACC, Big Ten, all the tournaments, basketball tournaments shut down, no March Madness. So it was in the thick of it. Yep. So you started to get into it. So this is 2020. Again, you had been putting out content before though, right? It wasn't until like this 2020 is when you're like, all right, I'm going to go try to like really lean in on this. Like you said, start the, start the, the videos, et cetera. And then, you know, how has that evolved? Like, again, like what was it for you? And obviously, look, again, what a lot of people don't know, well, maybe you know this about Larry or maybe you don't. Like Larry's also working. <laughs> Larry also works. And, you know, now is kind of working for himself and, you know, doing a lot of things as well too. But, you know, you, you, you stayed in the game and, you know, you were, you know, in sales and sales leadership. And, you know, we met again, kind of, we intersected again, I think when uh, at Teamworks, I think we did like a technology implementation or something for you guys back in the day, back last year at some point. What made you kind of make the leap? You know, what was it for you? And obviously, you know, let's talk, we'll talk about the book here, Jolt in a second, which, you know, we'll link to and, you know, really encourage everyone to take a listen to, uh, listen to or read depending on, you know, how you absorb content. What made you finally say, oh, all right, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go all in on me. Ooh, it was a journey. It was a big journey because I had my first paid engagement March 17th. And I'm not Irish. I'm not even black Irish, Jake, but St. Patrick's Day, 2021, I had my first paid speaking engagement. And that gave me the confidence, the boost that I can do what I've been doing, rocking the mic and get paid for it. So it was 2022, March 26th. It was a Friday. And uh, the decision was made for us to separate. I was a sales director at Teamworks. And uh, we were able to come to a decision that, hey, uh, we can stay as friends, but we don't need to be together anymore. And that was when I hung my shingle. And uh, it, it, was, it was something that I had noodled on for a long time. But I, I'll be honest, I was mm-hmm. scared. I was scared. Jake, it's, it's tough when you get a paycheck every two weeks. I was in sales, so I got a commission check every month. And then I got a healthy bonus every quarter. I said, I'd be stupid or dumb to leave this. But my mom, who's so wise, she said, Larry, you got to pray and pray harder for the answer of what you need to do. And for me, my faith is, uh, is very important to me. And uh, March 26, everything culminated on where I needed to be and where I didn't need to be. And uh, I haven't looked back since. It was just an amazing transition. There was a lot of FUD, not Elmer FUD, but fear, uncertainty, and doubt on, can I do this? 
am I worthy? Am I smart enough? Can I really do this full time? I think the answer is yes. The answer that I've come to so far is that yes, I can. And and we're going to talk about the book, but that was another thing. Who would have thunk that Larry Long Jr. would be an author? If you told any of my English teachers Larry Long Jr. wrote a book, they would say, where's Ashton Kutcher? I must be getting punked. There's no way that dude wrote a book. But it's one of those things that when you believe in yourself and you surround yourself with a team of people that love you, that support you, that can help you, Hercules, Hercules. It's amazing. It's kind of like what Kevin Garnett said when the Celtics won the, won the uh, championship. Anything is possible. <laughs> I love it, man. And what, so what, I mean, so t- tell me like, again, out of all the things you could talk about, like, how did you pick, you know, again, the topic in Jolt? You know, how did you decide that this was going to be the book or the idea? I think a lot of people who think about writing a book, they're kind of torn between this thing or this thing. But how did kind of the idea for Jolt come about uh, originally? Yeah, at the time, I think I had 48 episodes of my midweek, midday motivational minute. And I worked with a book consultant who said, that's your book. Let's pick your most meaningful seven. Actually, we started with 10. We narrowed it down to seven topics and themes. And that was the culmination of my book. And every week for my midweek, midday motivational minute, I try to encourage folks to be the best that they can be and encourage folks to know that you have greatness inside of you. I don't care what anyone else says. I don't care what you say to yourself. Don't believe the hype. That's fake news. You have greatness inside of you. And I've been sharing that message verbally, but now I had the opportunity to put it in written form. And you talked about listening. I'm about to go in the studio in July for the audio book so people can hear my voice. But I'm just super excited to be able to share that message that I really believe. And I've been so fortunate that folks have believed in me and in my greatness. There's been times where I haven't believed that I had any greatness. It's like, Am I really somebody? Well, yeah, my mom told me I am somebody. So this is really my my opportunity to give back, to let folks know I believe in you. Now you need to believe in you. Let's do some great things. What do you hope that people take away from this, right? So obviously, I think there's probably a message of you got this, etc. For people out there that you know, I think, again, like you've got so much energy, right? And, you know, I think sometimes I'm sure some of the stuff that I put out, people feel that way too, where it's like, it, it's just, and when you and I were talking before we started recording about where it actually comes from and like, you know, look, hey, we all have like interesting days or maybe not the perfect days. You know, what do you hope that like, let's say somebody out there who, you know, is like, okay, like I get it. And like, I want to be positive. Maybe they didn't have that in their ear. You know, maybe they didn't have that parent or that role model or that mentor, you know, in their ear when they were growing up or kind of instilling them with that, not not lack of fear of failure, but maybe they're really terrified by failure or terrified of like, you know, stepping out. What do you hope that type of person takes away from the book? You know, that, that you feel is kind of like the I don't know if it's like a tactical first step or a strategic first step, but what do you feel is the first step for someone like that? Yeah. And and every one of my chapters, I give three jolts, three things that you can do. And I tell folks, let's speak it into existence. I don't care if you have roommates. I don't care if they think you're crazy. If you're not saying your greatness out loud, it's very tough to step into it. So I encourage folks to say, I am somebody every day. 
10 times a day, in the morning, in the evening, whatever works for you. I had a young lady, Callie, on my team. She would walk to work, and at every, at every cross intersection, she would, she would do her superwoman pose, and she would just give herself a boost, and it worked. It's amazing because most people are like, that's hokey, that doesn't work. Well, until you give it a try, don't tell me that it didn't work because it worked for me. It's worked for others. I think it can work for you. But really the main message, and you said it, Jake, it's a simple message of believe in yourself. I mean, what story are you telling yourself? We have so many thoughts throughout the day and sometimes they can be negative. Well, if you're telling yourself a negative story, guess what? You're probably gonna live a negative life. You're gonna, you're gonna step into that negativity. Who are you surrounding yourself with? I know that you, I looked at your recent podcast guests and there was one, you are what you eat. That would make me a fried chicken sandwich from Bojangles because guess what time it is? It's bow time. But what people are you surrounding yourself with, Jake? What books, what podcasts are you listening to? Are they uplifting and positive or are they negative Nancys, negative Nellies, negative Neds that are just bringing you down? Or are they uplifting and they're cheering you on? There's a chapter called Back to Basics. Back to Basics. Do you say please and thank you? Are you nice to people? Do you give them a smile? Do you have theme music when you hop up on the Zoom or you come up in the room? All of that plays a part in your success. And I don't care if you think it's hokey. I really believe that it's those little things that are really the big things. The little things mean so much. And if you can execute on the little things over time, you're going to see your greatness just blossom. That's my experience. And that's what I, I want people to realize from reading Joel. I use the the scenario for me at times when I get in those moods. I, I don't know where it comes from. It's, oh, it's a very famous. It's like Rome wasn't built in a day, right? And it's very difficult, I think, for a lot of people to see where people are and understand that that didn't happen overnight. It took time. It took um, discipline, you know, is something that I think, too, especially as we get older, not that people become less disciplined, but we get more complacent, maybe. And I think for anyone out there who's listening, whether you're 30, 40, 50, 60, it's never too late to take a step, you know, to, to take one positive step forward. I love that, uh, you know, kind of positive reinforcement and mental, you know, there's a lot of different frameworks of breathing and other things that people do to really get themselves. But, you know, I can tell you, it's just, it's just that one step. And instead of thinking again of Rome and the cause and all these different things that were built, you got to think about like the first street that needs to be built and the first stone that needs to be laid and, and not worry about all these other things. And I, and I don't know, Larry, I'm sure you see this too. I cannot tell you the amount of people that I see that fail in life because they are always thinking about things that could maybe possibly happen at step 75. Well, I can't do that. Well, this thing happens, etc. And you know, it's it's focus on what you can control today. And if you're always thinking about all the ways it can't happen, like you said the the Ford comment, there's a guarantee it's not going to happen. And for anybody listening, you know, again, my my number one advice is just try to focus on what you can control today. Do, do one small thing, two small things um, that will move you forward or move you toward the life that you want. And, and I think anybody can do it. Whatever that small change is for you, you can kind of figure it out because everyone's different. You know, everyone w wants a little something different. 
and Jake, I want to give them something that they can do right now, right this second. It's called the hashtag three minute challenge. I need you to go into your Rolodex. I know some of the folks in their 30s and 40s are like, is that the fancy watch? No, nah, that's a Rolex. Your Rolodex, go into your contact list in your phone. And I need you to find one person that you haven't been in touch with three months, three years, three decades. I don't know. Just find someone. And I want you to think through, take three minutes to think through, how can I surprise and delight them? If you were my three-minute challenge, Jake, guess what? I'm not going to go get Boomer the Bear, but I'm going to find a Sun Devil funny gif on Google, and I'm going to send it to you. It's probably going to be the Sun Devil when he's walking through the stadium and he's, he's putting the sword down on the football stadium. And I'm just going to say, hey, Jake, I was thinking about you today, man. I'm giving you a virtual dap. I hope all is well. I'm not asking you for anything. I'm not asking, I'm not trying to withdraw. I'm just making a deposit to let you know I was thinking about you. If you do that each and every weekday, you don't even, you can take the weekends off. Hashtag three minute challenge. Your life will be transformed in, in, in three months. You'll start to see some transformation in a year. Your life will be completely fulfilled because you're fulfilling. You're, 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 you're really supporting so many people on a personal level every single day. It's amazing. How do you feel, Larry? I mean, again, I think a lot of people have intentions. How, you know, is it, is it just that people don't make the time for it? You know, because I feel like that's the excuse with a lot of, oh, yeah, I, I know. Oh, it's just three minutes. Oh, this is what, it, you know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, is it excuses? Is it just not really a priority? Like, why don't people take the time to deposit? as we kind of come full circle a little bit on some of the conversation, why do you feel like, yeah, we, we don't see the value in it. Is it, you know, maybe it goes back to what we were talking about. You don't see that you can retire with your 401k with the first deposit, right? It's over time and compounding interest and those things. But, but why do you think it is? Why do you think people struggle with that or to kind of keep that positivity going? Yeah, Jake, it's tough. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. It takes commitment. And I ask folks, are you truly committed? Because when you're committed to something, you're going to do whatever it takes. And three minutes, if you don't have three minutes, I'm, my, my mom told me don't shame anyone, but shame on you if you don't have three minutes. If you can't schedule three minutes in your calendar to invest in someone else to be happy, you've got bigger problems. But I think it's a combination of laziness we live in a microwave society where everyone wants it right now. And you see, I'm a, I'm a 40, I'm a, I'm a 34 year overnight success. And I, I'm not even, I haven't even scratched the surface of what's on the horizon, but everyone wants it right now. They want it yesterday. And it's like, no, you got to put in the hard rowing today and tomorrow. And the next day, over the next 365, 855 days, you got to put in that hard rowing if you even want to have a chance at having success. But sometimes folks get in their own mind and they just, they're either lazy, they're scared, they have unrealistic expectations that, oh, I go to the gym today, where's my six pack? No, come and holler at me 10 months down the road when you've been consistently hitting the gym and you've been eating right. No more Bojangles for you. That's right. And I think the key too is everyone listening, the step forward could just be one small thing. It could be 10 sit-ups today, right? It doesn't have that. And again, when you look at the six pack and again, you look at that built, you got to stop it. 
You have to just say, okay, you know what? And I think, again, it's like, well, I used to work out four days a week and I used to have a six, but who cares? Who cares? Who cares about what you used to have? Who cares about, you know, what other people have? I'm telling you, just just do the small things today. You know, I, I had to do a reset. You know, I was looking at my COVID weight and I did a five-day fast. It's like fast mimicking diet, et cetera. And it, you know, it was really hard until it wasn't. By day three, I'm like, all right, I'm good. And sure, and I lost nine pounds in five days. Nine pounds in five. I, I, I did, I'm going to do it again. I'm doing it again in like three weeks. And it's just one day. One day, I was like, I got to do something different. I got to pattern disrupt. I got to try something different. And this, uh, they're not, they don't sponsor the show or anything, but Prolon is the name of this program by this guy at USC. And, you know, for me, I kind of, I felt that way for a little bit around like those topics. And it was very helpful for me to just say, hey, Jake, stop worrying about, you know, playing varsity basketball, like that, that, that level of shape. Forget all that or college or these other things. It's like, you know, what's my one step toward being a better version of myself, who I want to be, who I make, you know, my own health, you know, for my, my, myself and my kids. And so I think for a lot of people, they, they worry too much about that as opposed to taking one, one day. That's it. One day, three minute challenge. You know, gosh, I just can't imagine. I'm going to do it. I promise. Larry, as soon as, as soon as we end this podcast, I want everyone to stop whatever you're doing. Maybe you're out for a run. Maybe you're doing something. I want you to stop and I want you to take the three-minute challenge. I'm going to do it today as soon as we we wrap up here. So I think that's such a good mindset, give back, deposit that, again, is also depositing that serotonin for yourself. You know, it feels good to, to do good for others. So as we start to wrap here, man, you know, obviously the book is the, the new, new thing. What are you thinking about next? You know, what are you thinking about for you as you're kind of building towards something? It's been a year now where you're kind of doing your own thing, building your own business. Like what's like, what are some of the things that are excited that you're excited for? Obviously the book and its success that are, that are on the horizon for you. Well, now I've got my kids thinking about a children's book, uh, a little jolt for kids, really talking about some of the concepts, right. but also talking about fitting in, in school, making smart choices. That's my son. I got a 12 year old son. How do we make sure we make the, the right choice, the smart choice when we're presented with two different options? So that's on the horizon, uh, the audio book, but also I'm starting to noodle on a uh, streaming web series. Who would have thought it? I, I never would have thought that I'd be uh, putting together a, a digital show, but I'm, I'm starting to lay the plans down. But the, the one that gets me most excited, Jake, uh, I've set a date, December 11, 2025. That's going to be the 10-year anniversary of me losing my father. I'm going to have either broken ground and or have a fund for the Larry Long, the Shorty Long Foundation to support inner city youth that want to go to college, that want to go to that higher education, but don't have the, the financial resources. My, my father grew up in, in the projects of Baltimore City. Track was his ticket out. There's so many talented youth that just need that support from a financial perspective to pursue higher education. I've committed 7% of every, every dollar that I get in, 7% goes to the Shorty Long Foundation. That's what I'm super excited about. December 11, 2025, we're going to be blessing a lot of folks in a, in a tangible way to really help them to live their dreams. So that, that's what gets me most excited. And I'll be honest with you, Jake, I had imposter syndrome. Like how my fees, I'm not cheap. 
But I, I used to think of myself as cheap. Well, working with my coach, she said, Larry, your why is so powerful. So you've got to quote your full fee and get your value so that you can then support and bless others. So it's been just an amazing journey. I'm having fun. I'm learning. It's just amazing. The future, I would say the sky is the limit. But I'll be honest, and this is for you and everyone else out there, there is no limit, Jake. To you, your listeners, to myself, there is no limit. I love it. And my friends, if if you're listening to this and you're not and you're not smiling at least, if you're not just like even smiling a little bit, you know, if you're not even just like a little bit like, man, I can do this. I'm telling you, follow Larry on, you know, every social channel that you can you know, really get involved with this content. Check out the book, obviously, because I mean, this is a guy just putting out positivity on like a next level. So Larry, I, I appreciate it, man. Always good to catch up. He said we haven't caught up in two years, but man, it, it doesn't feel that way. And, that, and I think that that's your superpower though, right? Larry, is that when you connect with people, it feels like it was yesterday, you know? So I, I really want to say a big thank you for joining me. And I'm sure everyone on the, the podcast got a lot out of this as well too, man. Jake, thank you so much. I appreciate you hosting me. Keep up the amazing work you're doing. This has been an absolute honor and a privilege. All right. Thank you, sir. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of The Jake Dunlap Show. And we will see you next week. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to another extremely fun and interesting episode. I thought it was fun and interesting, so I hope you did too, of The Jake Dunlap Show. Uh, really great just breaking down everything that makes people who they are the success the trials and errors and i hope that you enjoyed it as much as i did make sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and make sure more than anything to go over to jakedunlap.com that's where you're going to stay up to date on all the latest guests additional details prep notes we're going to be sharing everything on jakedunlap.com so go ahead go over there you can subscribe there as well too and we will see you next week on the jake dunlap show